0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. My name is Alaska, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. She's one of the biggest drag artists in the entire world that's not afraid to serve up some live music, performance or raw comedy skills. After a starring appearance on season 5 of RuPaul's Drag Race, she returned to snatch the crown on All Stars and win her place as one of the greatest with pop sensation Dua Lipa, the latest in an army of top-tier supporters posting their love online for her, and her new comedy special arriving now on OutTV USA, perfectly titled the Alaska Thunderfuck Extra Special Comedy Special. Let's find out what life's like for one of the best in the business. Including how theatrical inspirations actually helped create her authentic drag persona, getting the opportunity to play Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Show on stage alongside Michelle Visage and Willem, how her fans have directly impacted and helped shape the music and career choices that she makes, becoming the unofficial voice for the Brazilian Tourism Board thanks to her music, why she is hopeful of a run in the West End in the future, and why the world fucking needs drag right about now. So get ready to say hi, I've always wanted to do that, to the one and only Alaska on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Just to let you know, due to the COVID-19 global pandemic, Alaska and I connected digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Direct from World Domination, it's one of my all time favorite drag superstars that I pray I won't be red to filth on my makeup today. She's a proud thespian and a lover of the art. So please help me welcome. It's only bloody Alaska, hi.
1: Hi, uh, how's it going?
2: I'm good, I'm very well. Thank you so much for being here. And I should say for everyone, obviously this is a podcast but Alaska has the most amazing background and backdrop ever. I was giving lots of compliments. Sort of does match my pink shirt. So I feel like there's some form of connection but it's very floral, it's very sort of earthy. I'm super into it. Your shirt is pink. Yeah, it's like a salmony pink. That's London pink. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I promise. It's beautiful. That Bless is you poor London pink. Bless you.
2: A lie so early on. How how that's, sort of apt?
1: <laughs> that's like Joe Black's
2: H uh, and M H&M dress. Pink. Oh, oh my gosh. Hold on. Let me check. I I feel like this might be H and M. Oh no. I, I feel don't like I see any more fucking H and M. <laughs> Oh, okay. Right. Well, we could just leave it there then, I suppose. So thanks very much. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for talking me through some of the amazing things that you've done, particularly around the arts, around the fact that I know you do love theatre. I know it's a big part of your life and you've done theatre as well, which some people may be surprised to hear, which I'm very excited to sort of dive into and talk about the Rocky Horror Show, because I've seen lots of clips and photographs and stuff that Uh you've done. Personally, yeah. one of my all time favorite shows. So super excited to talk about that. But before we do all that, I'm very reluctant to talk about COVID because I feel like that's all we've spoken about. But I just want to do a quick check in with you. So I guess, are you well, you look very well, but I guess how are things for you at the moment? Are you enjoying the the world behind a zoom lens?
1: Um, no, I am ready for the shot in my arm and I'm ready for like a real live audience. I'm really ready for that. But you know what, I'm, I'm doing a, as best as I can and i'm blessed and highly flavored.
2: <laughs> have you have you done a lot of the whole sort of interactive digital drag shows like this or have you actually had the opportunity and i know certain parts of the US you can do like the drive-in drag shows where you actually get to go and meet real life people which at the moment feels l- like a very strange thing.
1: Yeah, it i've in the past year i've gotten to do four shows in front of real people which have been all been drive-in shows and they've all been fantastic so it's been those have been like really really like lovely blessings and each one has been like amazing and um but you know what girl d- drag queens will carry on in whatever form we can so you know we we can figure it out on Instagram or Zoom or or what <laughs>
2: We can figure it out. Absolutely. And forgive if this is a stupid question, but when you're doing drive-in drag shows, is it different or is it just like you've got a little bit of a protective shield between you and the audience?
1: It's very different because everyone is very spread out. I mean, everyone is like thousands of feet away from you. So um it's, it's um, it's not exactly the same as like, you know, shows used to be like, I prefer to be like all up in people's face and like we're spitting on each other and sweating on each other and like filthy dollars are being exchanged and put in places. But, you know, like, it's fine. I'll take
2: it. I'll take it. Because I've been to an Alaska show quite a few times, and it is literally that. You love to get involved with the audience. You're, you sort of yeah. love that contact between, you know, being heckled, people shouting stuff that they love you. You know, you sort of are very much a person that sort of thrives off the feel of an audience. So can I can imagine, particularly that first show, it must have been quite strange to be like, why are you so far away?
1: So far away. So far away and through windshields.
2: and also I don't genuinely don't think there's any way to make a mask look sexy like obviously Valentina managed to do it but even the whole thing I'm like "Mm, let's just let's take it off let's be one-on-one you know I miss seeing people's mouths believe it or not
1: oh I know and I'm like I feel like I need to tell people like I'm smiling under here I'm
2: just joking you know (laughs) you can't tell there's so much you like miss we all know the fact that you've had this amazingly successful career in the public spotlight obviously from Drag Race you've got amazing music, which I'm not even joking, me and my friends are obsessed. So they're gonna absolutely die when they find out the fact that I've had this opportunity to talk to you. But I always wondered, was was drag always the plan for you? I guess when you sort of were younger thinking, this is what I wanna do, was drag the plan was perhaps just live performance and singing, I guess. How did you get to where you got to now without telling me everything? Well, no, drag was not always the plan.
1: I was like, you know, I had like dabbled in drag a little bit just for fun. But back then drag was not a viable career choice. Drag was like, not, like it was, it was a wild excursion and just, and, and so I moved to Los Angeles right after college and I was like, I'm gonna become a serious actor now. I'm gonna leave this drag thing behind. And then I realized I lacked the discipline or skill or interest in becoming it and all the things you have to do to be an actor. And so I was just doing drag for fun just to like ease my soul and my mind. And I ended up getting like,
2: getting like hired to do drag things. So I was like, okay, maybe there's something to that. Do you remember what it was about performing that you loved? Was it the opportunity perhaps to to be a character and your drag was an extension of that? Or did you just like the fact you could be somebody else and drag happened to be a different thing? I guess, what was the thing that sort of hooked you in? I mean, I like making people laugh
1: and I like uh, I like the energy. I, I love the energy of the theater, you know? Like I just, I still, I still very much do. I love rehearsal. I love... Okay. Call times. I love the energy in the theater, in the dressing room, when you when everybody shows up a few hours before and, like, it's getting the anticipation of the show. Like, I love those
2: things. I'm such a theater person. I think you might be the first person I've ever met that says they like call times. That's normally the thing people hate. Love
1: it. I love it. I love stage managers. Oh, I love the fucking tech people. Oh, the wardrobe. Oh, my God.
2: I love it's going to be so strange going back to a theater and a live audience and being so close to people and getting an immediate response and all the things that now we're like, do not do that. Or, you know, you'll die. Now it's like, that's sort of the thing that we have really missed. And I feel like when that does happen, what is that going to feel like? Like that's going to be insane.
1: It's going to feel awesome. And it's going to be like, I, I don't know. It's going to be
2: major. I cannot wait. I can't wait. So you mentioned about comedy and this is one thing that you're known for and this is one thing that you are fantastic at. It's just this natural ability to be able to make people laugh, but also to find characters and stories and make them funny, even sometimes make the most difficult of conversations funny. I've seen you just do some amazing political drag and comedy and I, I think that's just such a talent and I don't think it's something that you can learn. When did you first start to realise that that perhaps was in your wheelhouse? When did you go, I'm actually, I'm actually all right at this, You know, I, I could potentially do this
1: well um oh geez i don't know when i i mean when i was first like back when like myspace existed Mm -hmm. i was very like i was very into like just making fun of like the absurdity of of culture whether it was like the internet or like like the new thing that was social media like I, I enjoyed making fun of these things, and so I think it came out of that. and uh, and ultimately, drag is that. Like drag yeah. is kind of making fun of the absurdity of gender and like, you know, uh, the culture like this clothes is this clothing is for man, this clothing is for woman. That's absurd. That's so st- that's insane. So drag makes
2: fun of that. So I don't know, I like making fun of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just having fun I mean literally that's the end all just like having fun and taking the piss out of other things like what more could you possibly want <laughs> yeah I like that because theatre and performing, I always feel like people are quite snobby about it. They're always like, oh, it's not a viable career. And I feel like attitudes are definitely changing. And I feel like when people are sort of like, oh, you should get like a real job, like so many people within this sort of performing arts industry in the UK are always like, especially during the pandemic, like, oh, you have to get another job. It just shows it's not a real thing. But actually performance is so mainstream. Drag is so mainstream now. And there are of course discussions around if that's a good thing, but this is something that's being celebrated at the moment. And I feel like that has to be a huge step forward that the performing arts arts industry particularly during these times when we're all listening to albums watching television shows watching live sort of performances of its drag or watching just singing you know live streams just shows how much we need this industry like this is probably it shows we are very very viable and very vital to just our general being
1: yeah definitely it soothes your fucking soul and it makes the The world a little bit nicer and a little bit better and we need we definitely
2: fucking need that especially at the minute it's so miserable it's so nice to speak to someone that's like (laughs) positive and optimistic it's like this is what we need this is what we need i'm trying i'm trying (laughs) we're doing a good job so please keep going i mentioned the rocky horror show at the start and this is i mean this show, like, can we just talk about how fucking brilliant this show is? Like, if you've never seen it, which is for, like, the three people in the world that haven't seen it, like, go see it, number one. Because it was obviously on Glee. I know Laverne Cox did that amazing performance of it, which was on sort of a live TV theatre special. It's been in theatres for, like, oh, God, someone's going to come in my mentions now and say I'm wrong in saying this, but, like, 30, 40 years. Like, it's, it's been around a long, long time. Before we talk about specifically you, the role that you played, do you remember the first time you ever saw it?
1: Yes. It was my best friend, Elena, uh, in high school. And she was like, we have to watch this movie. Uh, and she introduced me to it. And and I was like, what the f-? fuck am I looking at this is wild and then like we we rarely got through to the end of the movie because it re- the movie really goes off the rails and gets real fucking weird but the beginning is so beautiful and and so beautifully shot and it it's a classic story of a, a, a boy and a girl going to a haunted castle and getting seduced by Va- vampire alien like mm. t- uh,
2: transvestite like work yeah love it it's basically the story of every disney movie i think i've ever watched you know it's,
1: it is you know it is
2: and in this 2013 production which i believe was in texas you you played dr frankenfurter which is the iconic role that you just referenced and he sings mm. i mean literally some of the best theater songs that have ever been written i mean you must have just been like hello this is a dream
1: I know and it is and they're in my range so I (laughs) love it I really do uh the music is so beautiful and is such a part of me and it I always you know I always dreamed of getting to play that and then Drag Race happened and then like Uh, the Woodlawn Theater uh, in San Antonio, Texas. They asked me to come do it. And Willem and Michelle Visage were also in that production. We were all living in a house together. Why wasn't there a camera crew? I don't know. But it was wild. It was a
2: wild time in my life. Did you play that as you, or did you play that as Alaska? Or did you play it as a bit of both? I guess, how did you find the character between... For you, I guess, how did you make it your own? It was a little bit of Alaska because I, you know, I can't help it.
1: I can't help it be a little Alaska, but it was also very, you know, drawing on Tim Curry because it's so like, come on, that's so iconic. His portrayal, his invention of that character is so iconic. It's like he's always going to be in the room anyway. So you might as well just like take
2: some of those little like things that it's so... And you had the look down to a T. I mean, it was like, you looked insane. And anyone that hasn't seen the pictures, please go Google them because it's amazing. And also it looks like it feels quite liberating. Did it? Oh yeah. I love that kind of drag. That was my, that was, the
1: that that's how I got into drag. Like Rocky Horror is such a gateway to drag anyway. It's like, it's like people, people go to the theater and dress up as these really sexy risque characters who wear their underwear out in in public that is that is groundbreaking. Okay. And it's something that I love about drag is like you wear shit that isn't even clothes that is not appropriate for normal everyday life. And you do it and you say this is it and Mm -hmm. this is sickening and you're celebrated for it. So like, yes, it's, it's lovely.
2: I love wearing I love wearing underwear as clothing. I feel like we should make that more of the norm. If there's a social trend and an attitude trend that we can change, please, can we make it that? <laughs> please! Uh, it's all I want. I think at the last drag con you wore something very similar to that. And I saw you and I was like, just looks right. Like it just works.
1: Did I? What did I
2: wear? I don't even know what you caught, Just like a shortened dress. And then it was literally just all fluffy at the bottom. And then it was just straight down. I was like, that just looks right. I mean, I would like to wear that myself, but I don't think I'd quite look as good as you did. I think you'd look great in that. Oh, that's two nice things you've said i feel like i'm right you i thought you were gonna be horrible but now you've been so lovely <laughs> it's all the editing <laughs> even if you do hate my pink shirt it is pink i promise
1: that ain't fucking pink i want you to tweet a picture of this guy go- uh, it it's a beautiful blouse maybe the camera's blowing it, it blowing
2: it out that, i problem. want you to tweet a picture of it and okay. let the decide okay i promise it's not got leopard print stripes and it like yours does but you know (laughs) halfway to heaven halfway to heaven in the uk whenever there's a production of rocky horror the audience are like basically like the extra cast member they're sort of like the 10th member of the team was it the same with you because having never seen the production before and then when i went for the first time i was like sorry what's going on you were like, everyone in this theater is so rude tonight. It really oh,
1: was. Yelling things at the stage? No, that's part of it. And you like, it, it, no, I think we sold like packets of things to, to give to the audience because they throw shit at you too. They throw bread at you
2: and cards and like, no, it's a whole ass thing. It's a whole ass thing. Get your loaf of bread, buy a theater ticket, put on your best stockings and go and throw bread at Alaska. That's Ooh. basically it. Yeah, (laughs) Is doing more theater alongside drag something that you're sort of you would like to do would you like to tackle for example something brand new I know that Peppermint did that and it was just phenomenal or would you like to perhaps do something iconic that maybe isn't normally seen by a drag queen would you like to do it away from Alaska I guess what would you what would sort of tie you in and entice you into the world of Broadway
1: well I think that like I mean absolutely yes i'm my heart is so in the theater and i love theater so much but i guess it's a question of like if the right role sort Mm. of comes along then like great if i'm really if i'm really right for the role then like perfect like let's do it
2: um So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely open to it. Because there has been this emergence of drag within mainstream theatre. I'm just thinking of the likes of Kinky Boots most recently. Um, In the UK, we have an amazing show called Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which celebrates a young drag queen trying to find himself. I'm sure you'll be familiar with it. And it is just based in the UK at the moment, although I do believe there are plans for it to go to Australia. So hopefully it will branch out. And it, it makes me excited that drag within theater is marketable. And that sounds like a slightly boring statement to make, but the fact that people are willing to invest in it and go see it and believe in these stories. And that for me as a theater lover, as a drag lover, that feels like progress. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, definitely. And drag is you know, ultimately empowering and uplifting. And that's what like, that's what theater generally is the goal of it anyway. So I think they do go really hand in hand and yes,
2: it's, it's amazing to see. If we could sort of wait the a magic wand and be like, right, this is the show, this is the role. What would you do? Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't fucking know. Do you have any suggestions? I don't I mean, know. I mean, I want to say Wicked just because I feel like you'd absolutely serve on the makeup. <laughs>
1: okay if if we transpose all the music fine i'll play Alphaba. it's fine yes i'll take that role yeah
2: i literally just thought that when i interviewed kristen chenwith a little while ago i said we i like to make everything lgbtq just duh and she was like i would love to see a drag queen play glinda and i was like why has that never happened before so maybe i mean i don't know how you've got a good soprano range so we could make it work
1: Okay. All right. You know how my singing voice has often been compared to Kristen Chenoweth. Mm -hmm. This is not the first time. I mean, you really can't, you can't go one, you can't go one day without the comparisons. Constant. I'm sorry for bringing it
2: up. I'm sorry for being such a cliche interviewer.
1: Constant
2: comparisons. Poor Kristen Chenoweth.
1: She's a literal like four foot tall soprano and I am an eight foot tall baritone on my high, uh, at the high end.
2: You know how Davina DeCampo says she's got like a, it's like four and a half octave range. Or uh, I think that's what she says. Like you, you could be, I thought you were going to say that yours is eight and a half octave. I was like, that's <laughs> impressive.
1: No, no. You know, the lowest, the, the lowest key on the piano. Yes. Imagine that. Okay. That's
2: the highest note I can sing. That's no, not <laughs> Well, it's one more note than I could sing, so I feel like you're sort of halfway there anyway, so. Can I send that to the producers of Wicked? Are you all right with that being your audition? Hell yeah! Send it over. Okay, I'm going to take 20% when you get the role, though. I feel like I've been a very crucial part of this. I think that's fair. I think that's (laughs) fair. Yeah, I think that's a fair deal. On Drag Race UK, which has been incredibly successful, and I absolutely adore the fact that they've been introducing theatre challenges. And of course, there have been many of them on the US version as well, before anyone starts saying that hasn't happened. But I love the fact that there was like a pantomime celebration on there, the pantomime dame, which so often is sort of seen as the Mm. cheaper end of theatre in the UK and drives me wild, but has now been sent out to the world and we can celebrate this very quintessentially British thing. That in itself is such a strange, but brilliant art form pantomime. And I guess I wondered, have you ever been sort of given an opportunity to come and do it and try it? Do you think that would interest you? Or do you think that's just a little bit too British?
1: Well, I mean, it was very educational for me because I didn't really, I mean, I had heard a little bit about sort of like this, the whole vibe of like pantomime and whatever, but like, it was very educational watching it happen on Drag Race and being like, Oh, uh, okay, like the Panto Dame. It, you know, and I've been I've been painting like a panto dame my whole career. So
2: I think it would go really great. I think UK audiences would love you as well, because we're going back to the comedy thing we said earlier. That is exactly what British audiences love, is someone that yeah. is good in drag that has amazing comedy. So I think there could be this entire career there for you. Maybe we could make it happen. All right, I am your panto doll. Let's talk about your music because I mentioned at the start, like, I'm obsessed. Like it's it's very, very fair to say that I'm obsessed. And I did reference very badly your song, Your Makeup is Terrible at the start, which just became my anthem for like such a long time, but music to you is obviously a huge part of your career and something that do you feel very comfortable doing oh yeah i love it. i'm always
1: writing i mean uh, uh, even before drag race i was always like writing songs and like uh, recording a little bit and so it's something i'm always doing and that that i definitely love yeah
2: and was working for the brazilian tourism board doing come to brazil something that you planned or was that (laughs) just fun
1: yeah come to brazil come in brazil come through brazil is gonna be next (laughs) girl
2: no i live it's such a good song it's it's such a brilliant idea but it's also painfully addictive. Like I literally feel like I need to scream sometimes because I'm just like, I can't get it out of my head. It's just the same thing round and round again. And then I end up listening to it and I'm like, this is genius. This is why it works. It does work. And like some of my
1: best songs, I didn't come up with the idea. It came from the kids on Twitter telling me, come to Brazil, come to Brazil. So I was like, well, if if, if we're all saying this all the time anyway, it should be a song. The same thing with your makeup is terrible. Like yeah. that- I said it on Drag Race once and people kept saying it and like sharing it. And I was like, okay, we'll make a t-shirt. We'll make a song.
2: It just shows how powerful fans are then. They literally can't influence what you do.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've stolen my best work from from the fans.
2: There's a UK TV show called Line of Duty, which is about sort of corrupt police officers, which is beside the point. But the creator of it has said like this, because there's loads of like fan theories about this person's this and this person's that. He says that he reads them And they're better ideas than what he thought of. And he's like, you guys should write my stuff. It's
1: truly how it works now. It
2: is. You can't not take that into consideration. I love it. And I love your fans as well, because every time that I've had the opportunity to see you at live events and live performances and DragCon that I reference as well, they're very respectful. Like you do have these sort of amazing, respectful fans, which isn't always the case. I mean, I've seen some fans do some pretty crazy things. Do you like the one-on-one interactions with fans or can that become quite difficult? Because there is obviously a line between you and them on social media, but when that sort of barrier is gone, it's sort of reveal all, it's sort of no holds barred.
1: I'm so, I'm so glad to hear you say that because no, I mean, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's always like really lovely and really inspiring to get to see who comes to the shows and how, you know, what, how it affects them and how it, you know, it, it, it it's really inspiring and really lovely. No, my my fans are,
2: my fans are life and death, death to me, baby. And it wouldn't be amiss for me to say that you have a very varied fan base as well from all ages, all ethnicities, all sizes, all genders, all sexualities, which must be nice to know that you, not only do you have this commercial appeal for everybody and everyone supports you and loves you, but also that people feel they can be authentic around you.
1: No, that's great. That's the power of drag. That's what it does. It's empowering and, it inspires confidence, and you know, and that's the that's the magic
2: of drag. Magic is the right word. It really is. It's yeah. it's it's just this art form that's taken on the world. As have you, might I point out, you are literally an actual superstar now. Why? Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh... <laughs> That's me returning the very nice words that you said back to you. So my very final question for you, because you've been incredibly kind with your time. And also I love the fact that you're unapologetic about your love of theatre. So thank you so much for that. I'm like literally making me fall in love with you even more than I was before. Let's talk about milestones and what you'd love to do next. I would love to be incredibly rich and be president of the United States. I don't know. There's some crazy things that I sometimes sit here and think I could do that. Is there anything wild that you'd like to tackle or do? Oh my gosh! I
1: you know I think I said it on Drag Race and I and I still uh, ring I, I still it still rings true. Uh, RuPaul said what what's next or what are your goals and I was like the 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 book the the movie the made for TV movie the TV show I don't know so it's like so no that's great so the the book and the and the made for TV movie and we also just did a a comedy special which mm-hmm. is. Um, really, really fierce, and it's coming out on April fifteenth. Yes, on Out TV USA. Um, so that's that's a really cool thing, and uh, I'm really proud of it. It's gonna be great.
2: Always feeding the children. That's what you are. Always feeding us, giving us. Something. Feed her. <laughs> <laughs> Literally a little shop of horrors reference. The perfect way to end. Thank you for that.
1: Feed me.
2: Alaska, it's such a pleasure and um, I'm such a big fan of yours. So thank you so much for giving your time today and allowing me to get lots of compliments. It was very unexpected, so thank you.
1: Absolutely, thank you. I love that pink blouse. That <laughs> oh, it is pink. Hot, that hot pink magenta blouse,
2: <laughs> You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at 11podcast.com or via our official social channels.